Mindfulness Mode 286. Many men in particular have been in such a structured box and so suppressed and so repressed, they don't even know themselves, much less the bounty of of nature. Hey, Mindful Tribe, your host here, Bruce Langford. Thanks for joining again. Last time we featured yoga. We featured Mariko. And Mariko is truly passionate about yoga. And she started a yoga studio in New York City. And it's obviously the place to be if you're interested in yoga and you want to improve your body I think you may just really enjoy going back to listen to episode 285 if you haven't heard this one, mindfulnessmode.com slash 285 to hear the beautiful attitudes that Mariko has about life, about mindfulness, and about yoga. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I mentioned last time that I've improved my website. You can now leave comments that will appear at the bottom of the episodes. Would you do me a favor? Would you go to the bottom of an episode that you've recently listened to on mindfulnessmode.com and leave a comment there? I will check it out, approve it, and also be very, very grateful because that helps with you know, just getting the word out about mindfulness so other people can see what you think and and uh, just share the thoughts about mindfulness. If you would do that, I would truly appreciate just leaving a comment at the bottom of the Mindfulness Mode episodes. Today, a woman who is an expert at men and helping men, helping successful men who have succeeded in life, in business. And when I say in life, I mean maybe a successful career, maybe they've created all the uh, financial resources they ever dreamed of, but there was still something missing, still something like, isn't there more to life than money and career success? Well, of course there is. And sometimes we find it in mindfulness, but we can find it in the green forest. And I say that laughingly because we have today with us Emerald Green Forest, who helps men who are leadership experts to find their way in other ways. And part of it involves mindfulness. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode with the wonderful Emerald green forest. Hey, Mindful Tribe, great to have you with us. Today, I have a wonderful guest named Emerald. And Emerald is somebody that I've known for quite a while. So I'm particularly excited because we've reconnected at a conference in San Diego. And now we're reconnecting right here on Zoom. So this is exciting because I can see Emerald and you can hear if you're on the audio only or see if you're on the video. But Emerald, it's really great. Are you in mindfulness mode today? I really am in mindfulness mode today, Bruce. Before we got together this morning, I took, I really created some spaciousness for myself and I took a nice walk outside. It's beautiful. It's autumn here. And then I took a nice shower and I took time to get myself ready so that I could be presentable to you and your audience. And so, yes, I would say, yes, I am attuned. 
Well, you certainly look relaxed and sound relaxed. And I just want to share a little bit about you with our Mindful Tribe audience. And this is what I've got. Emerald Peaceful Green Forest is an arts visionary. She works with men who have already earned their financial rewards, and now they want to make their mark in other ways, like in the form of a legacy, perhaps. Emerald is founder and lead visionary of the Creative Age Consulting Group, and it's been said that Emerald is, listen to this, a voice of clarity in the sea of confusion. <laughs> I love that. You're a voice of clarity. So speaking of clarity, what does mindfulness mean to you, Emerald? Well, mindfulness means to me being able to be fully present with whatever is in the moment and um, moving from a space of internal guidance to respond to whatever is in the moment rather than react. So mindfulness is coming from clarity rather right. than uh, emotional chaos. Right. And you mentioned, you know, we have a lot of chaos around us, but I know you have experienced some real transitions in your life. You used to have a shop or a, a place where, well, you tell us about it. You used to have like a brick and mortar kind of location. What did you do there? What was it like? So, well, let me take you even further back, Bruce. Before that, I was in the real estate business. Okay. So I was in the real estate business for almost 20 years. And at the end of that career, I was totally not mindful. Okay. <laughs> I was totally strung out. And I was, uh, I was building with two partners, 51 single family homes, 56 apartments and an office building at the same time as I was the national chairperson of my trade association at the same time as I was supporting my son to recover from a sexual assault in daycare mm. at the same time as I was contemplating divorce from my husband. And so life was incredibly chaotic at that time. And at the same time that I was going through a spiritual awakening. So that's kind of uh, my background. And then from there, after I had my spiritual awakening, I spent about two years uh what I'm going to say is detoxing from a life that was completely out of balance and completely um, unsustainable in terms of mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health and discovering the parts of me that I didn't even know exist. So at that point, I didn't know they existed. So I discovered my author. I discovered my artist. I discovered my healer. Uh, and I discovered all of these latent, untapped gifts that I didn't even realize I had. And as a result of that two-year uh, detox, mm -hmm. uh, I came out of that having created a ton of art and a ton of jewelry, uh, metaphysical jewelry, and uh, had started to hone my capacity to connect with spirit and channeling and angels and, uh, a you know, the healing aspects of my gifts, um, shamanic medicine, I, I got on that path. And um, 
So I had the the store, uh, which was an art gallery and healing art center for two years. And it was called Amethyst Wildfire, a sanctuary for awakening to the sacred. And during that period, I also received the name Amethyst Wildfire and I changed it legally. That was kind of part of my transition at that point. My um, my name changed, my whole life changed, and and so that was the store. Right. And then and then from there, uh, when it became clear that that was complete, I produced two street festivals, um, to, uh, street festival two years in a row. Uh, called Firefest in, okay. in downtown in my city uh-huh. and brought over 6,500 people down into the downtown and created something called Art Walk uh, as well. And Art Walk still lives on. It's 13 years old. So so that period was that um, that was an interesting period where I did have a sticks and bricks for a while. And then I in 2008, I got online. So Okay. Yeah. Well, I knew you when you were Emerald or sorry, I knew you when you were Amethyst (laughs) Mm -hmm. and now you're Emerald. Why did you change your name to Emerald? Great question. So since 2008, I've been online serving entrepreneurs around the world uh, with spiritual messages and with transformational mentorship, primarily women. And during that period of time, I was also single parenting my son Mm-hmm. who was going through adolescence. And in his journey through adolescence, um, in spite of the environment that I was hopefully creating for him of mindfulness, he ended up on a really uh, destructive, self-destructive path. And um, it was very incredibly, again, I got into very incredibly stressful uh, environments, kind of s- circumstances where I was growing my business and I was growing this boy. And last May uh, 1st, April 30th, May 1st, after eight years of him doing every single drug you can possibly imagine, including heroin and uh, drugs that we don't even know about because they're being synthesized in labs, multiple suicide attempts, uh, really, really struggled a lot with, um, with that process uh, with him. Uh, on April 30th, he uh, locked me in the basement and he was high on homeopathic adrenaline infused nasal spray. Oh. I, I couldn't, yeah, it was just really bizarre. And so because he was uh, high on that, he was spiking his adrenaline to the point of completely being enraged and then collapsing into ketosis, like he, he went out cold because he had burned his body to the point where he couldn't even stand up anymore. And he was, we went through this three day period of craziness. And when he locked me in the basement and threatened to cut me up in little pieces, uh, luckily I was able to escape and got to the forest and called the police and they came and got him. And three days later, when I came back into my house and, you know, kind of sat myself back down in meditation and, and frankly, Bruce, it was surrendering in that moment. It was completely drawing on every single tool in my toolbox, every single, um, 
meditation technique, every single ounce of surrender in that moment when he was saying he was going to cut me up in little pieces and throw me in the river, I literally surrendered myself completely. And and the prayer at that point was, if tonight's the night I'm going, just please don't let it hurt too much. And, and we navigated through the eye of the needle there, and both of us came out physically alive. And three days later, I was in my meditation again, and bubbling up from inside, I heard the words, your emerald now. And that was a surprise. I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. After, after that uh, transit, I wasn't expecting that I was also going to get a new name, but um, it became very clear immediately. Having done this once before, when it's clear, it's clear. And mm-hmm. so I said, okay, I'm Emerald now. And uh, the next day I said, okay, do I have a last name? I kind of went back into meditation and sat with myself and allowed the, the infinite source to inform me. And that's when I received Green Forest. And then the third day it was my middle name came in and that was peaceful. So uh, right after that, I went back to the court and I changed my name again to Emerald Peaceful Green Forest. And now the last year and a half, the work has been fully embodying this identity and completely dissolving uh, the old identity. Wow. Wow. What a change. And, and so you truly feel like Emerald now. You don't feel like Amethyst anymore. There are still little bits and pieces of amethyst. I mean, obviously, I'm still in the same house. Now I've got my house on the market. Um, You know, it takes time to dismantle a a life. It takes time to dismantle an identity. Uh, And for most of last year, Bruce, every morning I would get up and I would go to my my meditation after my yoga and I sit in my journal and I, I would write, I am emerald. I am emerald. I am emerald. So I reinforced myself repeatedly. And and you have to go through the process of changing your legal documents and social security and your credit cards. And that alone took about nine months or 10 months Mm -hmm. to get all of those documents changed. So I'm still cleaning up some of the, you know, some of the, the residue of 13 years of being Amethyst Wildfire Um, I'm very grateful for the experience and all of the lessons learned and all of the, um, you know, all of the, all of it, all of the, all of it that Mm -hmm. was Amethyst Wildfire. And I'm, I'm very grateful to my spirit that, that this was the transition and, and I am now moving into a, a very different vibratory space. Emerald, how is your son now? Well, from what I know, because we had a court order and he was had a restraining order, um, from what I know, about two months after the incident, so that happened actually maybe probably three months. So he stayed in jail for a month. Uh, then, of course, that cleaned him up physically, detoxed him physically to be in jail for a month. His father bailed him out. Uh, in August, he got a job, which was lovely, um, yes. working, selling cars at the same dealership that my dad worked at. So oh. he he was named after my dad. And my sister said, somebody's watching out for him. And so from what I know, he's stayed clean and he's been working for over a year now. And uh, 
in August of this year, I, the way that the court paperwork uh, was written, he could not contact me unless I put something in writing that he could contact me. So by August of this year, I was clear, um, you know, emotionally had processed everything and I was clear. And so I sent out a document that said he has permission to contact me at this point whenever he's ready. And if he is great and if he's never ready, then I'm surrendered and at peace with that as well. So, so from what I understand, he's healthy and he's employed and he's um, functional and he's he's doing sales, which when he was with me, when he was working, when things were working and not off the rails, uh, I actually had him selling in my business at one point. I had him helping me with my online business doing sales calls. So one of the pieces of information that came through for me uh, after his first suicide attempt uh, in 2013, where I had to let go and detach and surrender, uh, I had a about two weeks later, I was feeling guilty and bad and like, oh, my God, what did I do wrong? And, you know, I was just feeling all those feelings. Sure. And and the message that came through then back in 2013 was I was shown in my third eye a pomegranate. And the message was you've put all the juicy seeds in him. Uh-huh. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I've put all the juicy seeds in him and um, whether they germinate and whether he becomes fruitful with the juicy seeds in his pomegranate or not mm-hmm. is not my, it's not for no. me to, to try and control and manipulate. So. Just a matter of waiting, probably patience. Yeah. And you've made another transition. You used to work with women. Now you're transitioning into working with men. Why did that happen? Well, that's another great question. So after Amethyst Wildfire passed away mm-hmm. uh, last year, I continued to attempt to work my business because I had spent you know, many years establishing myself. However, that structure, that business was the container to hold Amethyst Wildfire. And because I was becoming Emerald Peaceful Green Forest, vibrationally, it was no longer congruent. And so uh, even though I continued to put energy towards trying to make it work, um, when you're trying to make something work that's not congruent, what you're really doing is wasting a lot of energy and time. Right. And so I, that was one of those things that I was clinging on to and not wanting to let go of. Uh, And in February of this year, so by December of last year, I said, okay, I need to take some time off. I just need to stop everything. If this business is going to be sustaining me, then it will sustain me for six weeks. And I took uh, from the solstice, the winter solstice, December 20th uh, until uh, 1st of February off, kind of. I was Mm -hmm. still, there was still that part of me that was like trying to make it work from behind the scenes, but I Mm -hmm. like got off of social media and I just said, okay, I got to shut down for a little bit and and do whatever. I don't know, just surrender this and let it show me, let it show me what it it, uh, is going to do. And so February 1st, I came back uh, from six weeks of sort of half pretend detachment because there were still parts of me behind the scene that were like, ah, really? I really really put so much time, so much effort, so much work into this. Do I really have to let this go too? 
And I came back February 1st and between February 1st and my birthday, February 18th, I, I got back in the saddle again and I said, okay, I'm going to do all my magic. So I did all my magic stuff and I'm going to do all the doing stuff that all the coaches tell you to do, like get on the phone and get out networking and start calling old clients. And so I was like doing all the doing and I was doing all the magic and I, for 18 days, I did that and I made $7, (laughs) you can't do a lot with $7. So, uh, gratefully I received the $7 and said, okay, uh, that's, that's clarity. Like this is definitely not functioning at all. Mm -hmm. So I put the brand in the fire uh, March 1st, I said, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm really, it's clear. I'm done with this. I put the brand in the fire, had a big fire ceremony. And then I sat for 10 days and said, okay, I'm going to be as mindful as possible here. Um, not gonna, I'm going to do my best to not react. I'm going to let myself grieve the ending of the brand and, and uh, let that kind of peel off of me. And about 10 days in, I was sitting and I said, okay, so how am I meant to be serving now? And what first came through was the message to do work for other entrepreneurs doing high-end sales. So I said, okay, I'll put myself out there to do that. And what I started attracting was men. I started attracting a bunch of men. And then a few days after I got my first a client to do high-end sales for them, a colleague of mine that I had met in 2010 was uh, chosen to produce her own TV show on Apple TV called Fix My Brand. And we got on the phone. I was like, oh my God, congratulations. That's so awesome. And she said, why don't you apply? So I applied for Fix My Brand and she chose me uh, out of the thousands of people that applied. She chose 12 or nine, nine entrepreneurs. She ended up choosing nine entrepreneurs. And when I was in her process, I didn't have a brand to fix anymore. She has a process called neurohuman branding that helps you to build a brand that's congruent to you and that will evolve with you. As I was in the process, four weeks in, it looked like we were creating a movement. And then I went to another event and attracted a whole bunch of men again at this this event. And I also got really clear, I was not creating a movement. If a movement wants to happen around me organically, that's great. But about four weeks in, I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not creating any stinking movement. (laughs) And on the plane back from that event, that was when the clarity came in that I was meant to be working with men who are um, who have already made their money, but they know that they haven't really fulfilled the purpose that they came to the planet for, and uh, and they're in that space of wandering around and wondering, okay, this is good. I got all this money, but uh, I'm not really feeling a hundred percent fulfilled. And I'm too young to be just sitting on my front porch looking at the birds. Kind so of. So is it about legacy? <laughs> yeah, it really is about legacy. It's really about 
not just legacy in terms of financial legacy, because a lot of people, men in particular, they've been programmed, they've been trained that you provide, 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 and you build the money and you leave the money. And the truth is that there's so much more that has been acquired within over the course of a lifetime of creating money. You know, if you've done 30 years in whatever and created really big financial success for yourself, you have also created a wealth of wisdom. And it's on you as the man to say, hey, I actually have something of value here, some wisdom that is gold that could be uh, preserved and passed on much like the financial success is being preserved and passed on. So it really is about legacy and it's about first helping them to have awareness that they actually do have this wealth of wisdom and then supporting them in mapping out what specifically uh, the delivery mechanism of that, that wisdom is And I I want to interrupt here. How do you help them find that awareness? What are the actual tools that you use? Uh, Thank you very much. So I take them through what I call my uh, time to make your mark uh, map day. And it's a VIP day where we sit down and we take the tools of the man plan, which Uh is a three-step plan. Uh, The first thing we do is we work with movement. So I support them because they have embodied a certain dynamic for an extended period of time. And now the work is to start to move out of that and disembody that so that we can reveal, we can strip off the suit, we can strip away all the things that are in the way of getting to the core of who they are. And I want to just briefly talk too about, it's not just the wisdom they've accumulated over the course of their lifetime. Likely there's latent untapped gifts and potential that has just like what happened with me when I left the real estate industry. Just like with you. Right. Right. And so we start with movement. That's the M in the man plan. And, And that may mean taking a walk. That may mean just physically moving the body. That may mean, uh, doing different shape-shifting acts like, okay, be the businessman. Okay, be the playful boy. Okay, be the warrior. You know, like really helping them to access physically uh, different mythic maps that they may never have played with before. And what's the uh, A? The A, yeah. So the A in the man plan is artistic expression. And that doesn't mean that you have to be an artist. What it means is, okay, how can we now, now that we've shaken some things up a little bit, how can we now start to flow it out in some kind of form of expression? And that might mean let's get chocolate pudding and big paper and finger paint with, finger paint with chocolate pudding. You know, let's get uh, regular paint and, you know, use the, the paintbrush. Let's journal, maybe make a poem. Let's create a song. Let's make a dance. Let's make something that is a creative artist. I call it artistic expression, but it's it's really about accessing the latent creativity that has been dormant likely for years and right. years and years. Yeah. I can't wait to hear the end. 
So the N is nature. We have okay. to spend time in nature. We have to spend time in nature. So whenever a man works with me, we are going out. We are going, I don't care whether it's snowing. I don't care whether it's too hot for them or too cold for them. Uh, we are going out in nature and we are going to connect with the, the larger nature, but also their own true nature. Because many men in particular have been in such a structured box and so suppressed and so repressed, they don't even know themselves, much less the bounty of, of nature. So nature herself is uh, a catalyst for helping us to get in touch with our own true nature. We are part of nature. And so when we spend time out in nature, we are able to reconnect with that most ancient and whole part of ourselves. Well, this all makes total sense and it all connects completely with mindfulness. It's all about mindfulness. Wow. And I'm sure that somewhere back there, you sometimes discover that some of these men have been bullied. Do you have a bullying story that you can share with us, either about yourself or someone else, childhood, adult, business, non-business, where mindfulness would have made a difference? Sure. Well, there's definitely, I can tell a story about when I was in real estate. Um, my Both of my partners were bullies. And during that time when we were doing that project, it was like driving, 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 like to get it done. And, and um, there was so much anger and so much uh, just dysfunction function in the relationship that I had with them. And the more importantly, the relationship at that time that I had with myself, Bruce, because I simply just shut down and tolerated it, or I reacted to it and uh, tried to fight the bully, uh, or I, I took it in and then tried to process it at home on my own, feeling like there was something wrong with me and that it was my fault and how can I make myself into a pretzel to make this not happen mm -hmm. anymore. Um, and so if I had been, well, and at that time I wasn't. So the consciousness that I was then was exactly perfect for the time. But if I, the, the me I am now could go back to the me I was then, I would most definitely uh, equip her with, mindfulness tools and I would also whisper into her ear that this is not about you this is about their stuff and uh, help her to create a sanctuary for herself where um, even though that's going on out there she's clear and and healthy right wow I love the picture you paint that is, that is great. A sanctuary. That is beautiful. Well, I want to ask you five quick answer questions, Emerald. The first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness? So I, I love Marianne Williamson. Okay. Um, when I was going through my first divorce, I acquired her book, A Return to Love. And that's the book that has the quote that is often misquoted by um, to Nelson Mandela about we're not afraid of our 
darkness, we're more afraid of our light. And so oh, yeah. Marianne has been a huge impact. And the book is called A Return to... To Love. To Love. A return to love. And is that the book you would recommend as well? Because I always ask if there's a book you would recommend related to mindfulness. Well, I also love the book of Awakening by Mark Nepo. And uh, what I love about that book is it's a 365 day book. And at one point when I was in a lot of struggle, I had seven 365 day books on my bedside table. And every morning I would read out of one of those or all of those books, depending on how much uh, support I required. And Mark Nepo has been with me uh, since about the same time that Marianne Williamson came in, which was somewhere around 2001. Uh, that book of awakening, I, I've torn through one. I've used it so much wow. and had to wow. replace it. So, yeah. Wow. Mark Nepo's book of awakening. Well, you know what? I'll put this in our show notes. My, my next question is about your emotions. How has your emotions, how have they been affected by mindfulness? So what I love about the mindfulness practices is, um, what happens with my emotions is I'm much better able to identify and have awareness when I am feeling something and being able to choose to acknowledge, okay, I'm feeling this right now and also be able to, to, to pull myself back one step enough to discern, do I need to do anything with this feeling uh, and be able to be at choice about that rather than in reaction? I am so much less reactive than I was once upon a time. Wow. So much less reactive. And yeah. That feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's great. Totally feels good. That's yeah. great. How is breathing part of your mindfulness practice? I love breathing and um, yoga introduced me to breathing back in 2001. And mm -hmm. when I was f going through the divorce from my first uh, husband, I call them my husbands. Uh, <laughs> they was my husband. When I was going through my divorce from him between 2001 and 2002, I was also in my own spiritual awakening and breathing was absolutely essential. And I would sit at my desk with my bully partner and be on the phone with my soon-to-be ex-husband <laughs> who was also yelling at me about something. And mm. I had breathe written in, the word breathe is seven letters. So I had it written in rainbow colors, the seven colors of the rainbow on little index cards on my desk. And I would like just look at the index card and I'd take one breath and just let, you know, whatever was going on, go on while I remembered, oh, I'm going to breathe now. This is important for me to remember to breathe now. Well, so vital to remember to breathe and to do breathing exercises. I certainly find that they make a huge difference in my life. Is there an app that you recommend which helps with your mindfulness? Yeah, I use the Insight Timer, Bruce. Oh, yes. I love the Insight Timer for a number of reasons. First of all, uh, it's got a log that you can um, log in. Second of all, there's a huge community of people 
people around the world. So you don't feel like you're all by yourself in your room meditating. You're like, okay, I'm meditating with 10,000 people right now. Right. Right. So there's that sense of community. Um, And then there's a variety of different uh, options. So you can listen to something, you can use the timer to time your yoga or your walking or your healing practice. I love inside timer. Yeah, I do too. I really love it. I've put some guided meditations on there as well. I think it's a great, great tool. So this has really been amazing talking with you today, Emerald. And I just want to know, how can Mindful Tribe reach out to you and connect with you? I would love to have Mindful Tribe uh, receive from me. I actually have created a gift for you at emeraldgreenforest.com. So that's Emerald, E-M-E-R-A-L-D, Green Forest, G-R-E-E-N-F-O-R-E-S-T dot com forward slash gift, G-I-F-T. And what you'll find there is an instant clarity exercise. It's eight minutes and it's designed to support you when you're in a sea of confusion to get some instant clarity. Very good. We can all use clarity at times, and to get instant clarity, that's even better. Yeah. Yeah. Emerald, this has been really excellent. I appreciate so much hearing your insights, hearing your story about your transitions and where you've been, how you've arrived here. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you to the Mindfulness Tribe for listening. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye now. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Emerald Green Forest. And like I mentioned at the beginning, would you please leave a little comment at the bottom of this show or maybe one of the others you've listened to? Just go to mindfulnessmode.com and at the bottom of each episode, it gives you a chance to leave a comment. So I would I would very much appreciate that. Thank you. I will give a shout out to you regarding that comment on an upcoming episode. Thanks a lot. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen. Maybe it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Hit subscribe and share. Subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Subscribe and share, share, share. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.